Hello, and good day, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Magic the First Pioneers Podcast. This podcast is all about the Pioneer format. We keep our listeners up to date with what is new, interesting, and powerful in the world of Pioneer. I'm joined here with my co-hosts, uh, and I'm Kevin Finkel. Hey, everybody. Uh, I am Ryan. I'm the Cardboard Samurai out of the uh, Tokyo area of Japan, and... And it's your boy, Ashia. What's up? What's up, gamers? Are you guys ready to talk about some lovely Pioneer? Yeah. I am. I feel like I have not been keeping up with the competitive side of things as much as I normally hey, like to. I'm, um, I'm just been same. a bit of a crazy month. Yeah. So that's where we're going with this episode is, uh, you know, we always like to keep these meta recaps to look on our more competitive side of things to focus on what is winning at the highest level events in Pioneer. And that's what we'd like to do today is go over, you know, the last like about month and a half that we haven't covered of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the second half really of this one format. You yeah. Know, I just, think- just one format. I think the last time we talked about the metagame was right after the Pro Tour. So this is going to be, like you said, a good wrap-up. Um, and this will be a good recap for me, because I feel like, you know, after the Pro Tour, a lot of attention was drawn away from Pioneer, and uh, I-, I lost some of that attention as well. You know, it's still mostly the thing that I play, but I just was uh, not playing quite as much recently. So I'm excited to, uh, to catch up on what people have been adding, subtracting, mm-hmm. changing the format. So do you guys want to just jump right into some, some deck lists? And, and then after that, I got some questions for you, just kind of like about, you know, your feeling about what happened during the season. Yeah, let's go yeah, for it. Yeah, some like uh, events. Let's go for it. Um, so I posted a couple of these again for our, for all of our listeners out there. Uh, if you go to our Discord, this is all going to be on our Pioneer event results page. We posted all these here that you can look at. Um we have a couple MTGO results. We have a couple paper results. And uh, I think there's three, maybe three, well, I guess four um, paper results that we can go into. Uh, let's start off with the NRG series, the $5,000 trial in Chicago. This is mm-hmm. close to you, right, Kevin? You're in that yeah, area. Yeah, I work uh, like a block away from NRG, wow. their main building. Wow, nice. Wow. But you didn't have a chance to go because of work. No, I did not. Yes. So sad. So, so how many people here? Um, looks like there's 207 players at this event, which is a pretty good-sized um, event. And uh, do you want me to just read over the the top eight? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, what one here? So it looks like we had... Well, I mean, I'm just going over the top eight first and then, then the uh, the rest. So it looks like Is It Creativity was... This is top of the Swiss... Um, was number one in Swiss. Uh, is it Pyromancer was second. Rakdos Midrange uh, was third. Mono Green Devotion fourth. Is it Combo again in fifth. Uh, Soltai Combo. And I'm wondering which one is that right here. Soltai Combo. Is that just... That should uh, be the Neoform uh, deck. Yep, that's the Neoform yeah, deck. Neoform deck, yep. And then uh, Rakdos Midrange uh, in seventh place, and Azorius controlled eight. That was the Swiss. And as far as the winner, the winner was Rakdos Midrange. Was it? Yep. The finals. Because uh, this guy uh, Stephen Dykeman, he ended up winning the ten thousand dollar modern event the day before, and then won this mm-hmm. one too. He won both in the weekend, and it was a big thing for uh, Energy Series. I see. I see. I see. Um. So. Anything you guys want to talk about? I think that is it. Pyromancer decks kind of interesting. Yeah, and uh, this is going to be uh, the start of the recurring theme of the decks that we start to see uh, of the of uh, the the Neoform deck. This Neoform deck you'll see popping up a lot. 
Um, you want to talk about that one first, or do you want to talk about the Pyromancer deck first? Yeah, we should talk about the the Salt Eye combo deck because we're going to be talking about it infinitely. Um, so this deck kind of just like started, uh, came out of like nowhere. The entire idea is that you're playing a lot of self mill cards and a lot of like uh, finder combo piece cards, and these are cards like strategic planning uh, and. Um, uh, it's the mm-hmm. instant. I can't think of the name. Uh, consider and uh, sometimes you play the uh, otherworldly gaze, uh, mm-hmm. and you're trying to just dump cards into your graveyard to end up casting a six mana delve card. Uh, that mm-hmm. being Tassiger or Hooting Mandrels, and you just neo form that into an Atraxa, and then now you're reset on value. You get more fatal pushes, thought seizes, just good black cards, uh, and then you just yeah. And a lot of those, you know, the fatal pushes, the, the thought seizes, or the thought seizes, the stubborn denials, those kind of things also protect the Atraxa really well. So there's not a lot of things that kill Atraxa, and that that takes away many of them when you do that. Because yeah. the, the meta I, you saw really shift towards like powered kill from Rakdos, so you really only had Dreadboard to answer this card. Um, is there a reason why this is doing well? Is there, is there less? Um graveyard hate or something going around now is that is that why people are able to just dump stuff into the yard and get so much value out of it i think there's if anything more graveyard hate with how the meta's developed because uh, a common trend that we'll see throughout the rest of these events is uh grease fangs popularity again uh however i think what this deck is really good at it has a really good secondary plan and it's really consistent at doing the thing um, it's really good at like finding cards to remove the opposing uh, whatever it is. It's it's typically like a uh, a rest in peace or a leyline of the void. Mm-hmm. It has a lot of really good cards removing that, um, and it's just really consistent. Cards like Founding of the Third Path uh, really made this deck so consistent. What does that do again? The Founding of the Third Path. That's the that's the enchantment with Rita Head, where for the first mm. chapter you can cast a spell with CMC one or two from your hand without paying its mana cost. So if you really needed to cast a strategic planning and you're okay with taking the time, uh, you just were able to do that. And but if you wanted to try to combo next turn, uh, mm-hmm. you could mill four cards on the second chapter or the third cop, uh, chapter. Just rebuy or recasts an instant or sorcery from your graveyard, and you can copy it. And... Or a neo form, well, which is the big one there. Yep. One thing I do want to say about this is I'm so happy that like my I don't know forty or fifty tasks that I bought at like ten cents each are now actually getting played. Mm. <laughs> Cards, yeah, so this this value. deck was kind of around as a combo deck, and it was using the uh, Lorehold. What is it? Velmachus. Um, yeah, Velmachus mm. Lorehold, and that was a combo deck. But its backup plan there was really really bad because you had a bunch of you know extra turn spells that kind of didn't do anything when you weren't you know fully going off. Um, so th- this version of the deck I do quite like. Like I feel like it has a lot more that it can do just in general. Yeah, it's a lot less explosive than that version because Velamachus, well, kills if you're comboing off and doing really well. But the, the consistency is why you'll see a lot of this deck in the like, top eights of the tournaments that mm-hmm. we'll be talking about. Um, another question about this one, this whole tight combo, is... Um, what was I going to say? the the How Neoform works, it puts stuff into play. And this isn't the first... Uh, type of deck that you know just hey puts us right into play like is it creativity also kind of goes with that angle of of, of how to how to win it's it's kind of hard to stop with traditional um how can i say oh, I uh hate cards i'm gonna hate it oh i'm just saying does this raise the stock of cards like uh was it the moonlight or um uh, the containment priest that stop things from coming from that aren't being casted from put, being put into play yeah. I don't think it does. Uh, it actually, I mean, like, maybe, but... It has, kind of, honestly. Because like, with the MTGO challenges especially, uh, we started seeing mm-hmm. a lot more Hollowed Moonlight and a lot more of the rise of popularity of blue-white control, which is just a really good matchup into these decks. Um, hmm. 
So you kind of do see it incidentally, not exactly with like Hollowed Moonlight being played as a four of in every sideboard, but you just see it incidentally mm-hmm. with meta shifts. Because I've seen symptoms get blown out by that. It's like, oh, you're going to your combo? Oh, I'm sorry. I know Claudio was playing. Oh, see, I just said no because I feel like Ryan's been suggesting that card in a thousand different situations for years now. No, Claudio yeah, was playing uh, one main deck. Claudio was yeah, playing I saw, one main deck. I heard about it. Uh, heard one Hollow Moonlight main deck. One Hollow Moonlight main deck. And I saw him absolutely <laughs> blow out a Grease Fang player in top eight. And it was funny. It was so. <laughs> we, we were all like, we all made fun of him beforehand because we were all on Discord just like watching the match. We're like, what, what is this card doing in his deck? And we're like, oh, that's what it does. Yeah. And it like, yeah. and it like, mm-hmm. he even had it during like a, like a gruel deck or something like that. I don't know if it was exactly, uh, but like he, you, you stopped the cats from coming in off of Essence Chari- Chariot too. So there's like so much just incidental I thought it was value. only, I didn't think it hit tokens. It does. If anything would enter, if it was any creature would enter the battlefield and it wasn't cast, exiled instead, right? Yep. Because it all because okay, because okay, it, yeah. it's a really good card against rhinos too in modern. So that's why I, or not really good. It, it's a it's an okay card against rhinos in modern. So I know it was like kind of fine. Yeah. Um. Anything else you want to talk about the Sultai combo deck, or can I talk about the is it Pyromancer deck real quick? I'm. I think I'm ready. Let's move on. Is that cool, Kevin? Yeah, sounds good. So yeah, I haven't seen Pyromancer show up. I know that I, I want to say what Tandy was kind of uh talking about it a, a few weeks back and i know it's maybe kind of a crowd favorite i guess you could say um so the deck it's playing for uh ledger shredder for third pack third path iconoclast for a young pyromancer uh was this called eight peasy i think he, he I think he called it yeah um uh it plays that and then a bunch of spells we got spike field hazard uh fading hope make disappear fiery impulse consider opt strangle uh of one mind is that the one that phases out that's the that's the you draw two, but it costs two less if you control a human and a non-human. So if you cast okay. one spell off of a young pyro, you have a one man in divination. I see. Yeah, and we have treasure cruise as well. And this just seems like something that just goes super wide, super quickly. As long as you can protect your creatures, I would say. It seems like this wouldn't be so strong against fatal push type decks, but everything else maybe okay. This deck was like, really how- good against decks that just like didn't really interact that well. But like mm-hmm. the issue is uh, monogreen mainly, but like monogreen would go bigger, and this deck would have a lot harder time like interacting. This deck was really mm-hmm. good against like slower matchups. Like, um, I would say this matchup has, a, sorry, this deck has a really good matchup against like blue white lotus. Like a lot of these like decks that you need to like kill quickly and go wide, and like you uh-huh. can just play a turn two third class third path or young power mats without it getting like stomped, pushed, chained to the rocks, infinite removal spells in the format. Um, and I, I, I this is why I sadly don't think we'll see this deck. And in, in a longevity wise, because like the, the format is just so removal heavy and we won't see it in a lot of other. This I don't think we'll see it in any other tournaments. I think this was the, the one time that this deck hit a bunch of good matchups and yeah. got itself in the top eight and then promptly yeah. lost in Flash top eight. Yeah, yeah, I think that's people what we're seeing here. People now know it's a it's it's a known factor or whatever, and it'll uh, get people wise to it. Well, it, it, I also think this deck had a really good matchup run when it goes up because I don't yeah. I don't see this deck having a good Rakdos matchup. I don't see this deck having a good uh, uh, control matchup or not control matchup. Um, what am I thinking here? I mean, it uh, looks like there's boats. a lot of creativity and Lotus Field and, and yeah. control at, at this uh, this uh, and event. that would make sense for why this deck did well. Kevin, is there anything else you want to say about that deck, or, or is there any other decks from this top eight that you want to dive into, or do you think we can move on to the next? The next. I one? think we could go to the next one. That sounds reasonable to me. Um, do you guys want to do the next one? I think we have the Hunter Burton Memorial Open. 
Yeah, sure. Uh, this was on 319. Does anybody else want to read the uh, top eights this time? I can probably volunteer. Yeah, go, for go it. ahead. All right, so top eight here. Uh, let me make sure this is correct and it's not just the Swiss. Well, I mean, I did Swiss, uh, but... Okay, well, I'll run through it how it's got it on here. Um, so Golgari Elves, number one. Rakdos Aggro, number two. Um, Azorius Control, number three. Rakdos Midrange, four and five. Lotus Field, six. Mono Red Goblins, number seven. And Sultai Combo, number eight. So that is interesting. Mm. So Sultai Combo, repeat. Rakdos Midrange, nothing surprising there. Lotus Field, nothing surprising there. Blue White Control, nothing too surprising there. What is the rest of these? So Blue Black, uh, or Green Black Elves. Mm. Blue Black Elves would be very weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is, so four Cord, four Cocoa. And then a bunch of elves, you know, nothing that's too crazy there, but that's impressive that it was able to go uh, undefeated through the Swiss. Yeah, I think this is when we started seeing, like, um, people, I think people got kind of, like, pigeonholed with elves recently with Tyvar's printing. I think people were like, hey, this card is really good in elves, or, like, that, like that was the most obvious home for it. Uh, and then people, like, kept brewing and brewing and brewing, and then people just kind of, like, glued to that card and didn't realize it just mm. wasn't that good. And now we're starting to see like a little bit more like a diversity in elves, and I think that's what ended up happening here is we're seeing a really good elves take. Uh, sadly, this person lost in top eight right away, and I don't think we'll see a lot, a lot more top eight uh, elves top eights. But I think this deck has again the chance, the same chance that is it creativity or is it uh, is it Pyromancer did where it can just like take over a tournament for one game or for one tournament because it gets good matchups. Because I think this mm -hmm. deck has a lot of polarizing matchups. I mean, is this a better uh, deck that you know than like the? Um... The Pyromancer deck, you think? I mean, is uh, it, in it fewer bad matchups? I think I think so. I think so, definitely. I think I think the Elves is a lot more consistent because, well, there's only eight of your creature that you really desperately need that the deck is based around, and this deck mm -hmm. just has a bunch of good Elves. So, like, you'll you'll see them a lot of the time. All of them are pretty situationally good, but some of them are pretty good, you know, when you're Shaman of the Packs dealing 12 off of a Coco. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Goblins. There's another deck that I think is pretty interesting to see back here. And I've seen some people playing this from time to time. It always seems to kind of spike events here and there. Uh, I guess, I guess you know, people just aren't ready for it. So Golgari Elves has more of the combo. I mean, it does have go-wide, um, the go-wide ability and the combo. But I think the, the Goblins, I don't know, Goblins, I just think goes a little bit harder, a little bit faster you know you got like reckless bushwhacker in here this one's actually playing uh goblin rabble master and then you have like your of course your um how can i say your other uh lords you have your uh, bandit lord and you also have your um uh, runevelt horde master in there this one's also playing two goblin pile driver which i think is very interesting that's a really cool card especially with uh, legion loyalists because you're attacking with a bunch of goblins that thing's just going to get absolutely huge uh you know Battle, sorry, Foundry Street Denizen, of course, in there. F Fanatical Firebrand, some good one drops. A lot of one drops. Actually, pretty pretty good critical mass here. This is actually playing Castle Emberth as well. And we were talking about how that card sees like zero play. And I think this is the kind of deck that would want to play it because it just goes so wide and you can hit hmm. so hard so quickly with it. You want to hear a hot take? Yeah. I don't think Castle Emberth is good in this deck. I think that should be a no? mountain. Okay, Maybe I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, let me paint you a picture, okay? Yeah. You mulliganed once, you're on the draw. You have a one lander, and it's a castle Embreath, and it's real mm. bad because this yeah, deck only runs nice. nineteen lands. It's really low. Or hear me out, 
you have two lands in your opening hand. They're both Castle End Breaths, or they're Castle End Breath plus Bramnap, plus Den of the Bugbear. Like, you have so much nombos with this deck that really desperately needs to cast spells quickly to have a shot in any game. So sadly, mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think Castle Unbreath is good still in this deck, and I will stand okay. by that. But I, I think something to shed light that's good about this deck. I think that's that, that's really interesting. Is this deck playing uh, Embercleave? Yes. I think this is uh this is the first time that we've seen like a uh, like a uh, deck like this. So then like like an, we've seen it like eight whack, but we haven't seen mm-hmm. it like the genuine Goblins deck, which I think is really cool uh, innovation yeah. off the, of the player. The thing that upsets me about what this player did is his removal package is two strangled, two play with fire, and one wild slash. Mm. I don't really know what's happened in there with this wild slash. I think maybe he just couldn't find the fourth third play with fire. I don't actually know, yeah. but that's a oh, little. It's, it looks a little silly when we're looking at it. <laughs> I see some more roasts in the sideboard too. I haven't seen that see play in a while. Yeah, I mean, so roaster's really good at killing children. Yeah, and or love struck like beasts. Yeah, I guess we don't have to really worry about flyers so much. I mean, we have the uh, rending volleys to take out our uh, our um, spirits and stuff like that. If we run into those, yeah, those pesky spirits. I've got some carries out of expertise for good vibes. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, anything else we want to talk about from this top eight deck list? The elves, I think, and the mono red goblins stick Ra- out the most. Yeah, there's also the Rakdos aggro. A the, bit. the Rakdos yeah, aggro that's... is literally Rakdos mid range that got mislabeled. By, oh, it is. Yeah, isn't it? it is yeah, exactly, exactly Rakdos yeah. range. So, there's three copies of Rakdos mid range in this top eight, which is really interesting because now we have like goblins and elves that were in this top eight, and I went to go see mm-hmm. how it ended up playing out, and both of those players died 2-0. So, <laughs> the goblins and elves player did not make it out of any more top eight, but uh, it is it is really interesting what we see. We also see a Grixis mid range deck at ninth. I don't know if it's actually that interesting. So, into it, Soltai won this event. It looks like. Uh yeah, you know? it does look like I do Fine. think so. I didn't see maybe. It was it was Rakdos aggro against. It doesn't say. Yeah, it doesn't say. So yeah. I, I would safely assume I'm going to take a, sh- a quick shot call and I'm going to say the Rakdos player won. Probably. Yeah. Actually, no. Apparently the Saltite player beat a Rakdos player into the top eight. Yeah? But uh, I, I so. don't know. I just work here. Okay. <laughs> All right. So All right. move on to our last paper result. Actually, there's two more. There's it two is, more yeah. spawns we have here. Um, uh, we got Ryan on. You know we got to talk about some God of Pioneer. Yeah. So you mind if I do that real quick? And then we can... There's another small one in Brazil we did... Uh, yeah, yeah, no, this is an exciting one. I think so you want to talk about, about uh, the Japanese term or the Pioneer term? Yeah, uh, okay. so actually I could not go to this one this time because uh, I had other obligations. I'll just say that, you know, what white wife's like, yo, I have a day off. You can't go. I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, top eight here. We had Soul Flare in the top eight. We had uh, Rakdos Aggro. We had the Neoform deck showed up again. Rakdos Sacrifice. Uh, we had the Absent Parhelion. I believe it's Absent Parhelion. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Um, and then, yeah, is it Razor Verge? Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Uh, and then we had uh, Azorius Control, uh, Landfall Omnath. So I'm guessing this is. No, this is like an Elshinhorn deck. This is going to be the. Well, Traxxas is in there. Okay. Bring to light. Bring so to we, light we talked a little bit about this as kind of a bring to light, but it's not running. Yeah. Um, Niv. It's not running Niv. Yeah. yeah. And it's then, a lot more of a mid rangey pile. Yeah. And then Rakdos uh, rounded out the top eight. So this is 185 people. This was 
on uh, March 25th, so just the other weekend. And yeah, a couple decks that I want to talk about here, if that's okay with you guys. Start it off. It seems like you're super invested. You got this. Uh, so the winner of this event was actually uh, Soul Flare here, which is well. So insane. it wasn't. It, it was. It was Neo Farm combo again. Is it? Yeah. So I think that this is something that's worth talking about, and I didn't bring it up earlier because oh, I didn't bring it up here. Is that these are kind of the Soulflare. two variations on Neo Farm that we've oh. seen, and both of them are in the top eight here. So I think we already saw the kind of the earlier version, the more direct version, and then we've got this version from Hosokawa Yuwa which is running some amount of Arcane Proxy, which uh-huh. is one way that people have gone with that. Um, you know, that's another way to recast any of your cheap two drops, or it's a big seven mana bomb that you can pull out Wish and do some, uh, some scary things with. But then the other side mm. of it is this Soul Flare version, oh. which is, you know, um, it's running some Zatalpas, it's running some like Striped River Winders, things like that. And you get to play Soul Flare as just another of your six Mutra mm-hmm, Delve mm-hmm. creatures. But sometimes it can just be, you know, do Soul Flare things and win the game that way. So it just gives you a, a second plan to yeah, back yeah, up yeah. on. I like the second plan, to be honest, though. I mean, I always thought it was a neat deck, the the whole Soul Flare combo thing. Um, it just lacked consistency. And I think, you know, adding that Neoform helps it out a lot. Like you said, it gives you those those two angles to, to shoot from. Are you ready for the hot take? Yeah, what do you think? <laughs> the Soul Flare version is infinitely worse than the other version. It sadly okay, just why? does. So the reason is, is because the reason that this deck was really like good is because it was really consistent. And like the secondary plan was just trying to find the removal spell to be able to get the Atroxa into play. Now the secondary game plan is a lot more reliant on the graveyard, which was already the thing that kind of hated you out. And mm-hmm. let's just say there's a rest piece in play. This deck is a lot worse at trying to find a way to answer it. However, this deck's Rakdos matchup gets a lot better because you have like an indestructible 2-2 guy that can never die, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but And then when you eventually like needed a, an Atroxa to win the game, you could turn your Soul Flare into an Atroxa for more cards or whatever. But it was just, it's so inconsistent. It's so hard to just try to pull off. And there's just, it, it, too, I think there's too much of a clash. I, I, I've tried this list. When I tried it, I think I went 2-3. It just wasn't coherent it looked really cool mm-hmm. it was really exciting you play it and then you just feel the faults of the deck instantly like you're only playing so many creatures for soul flare so soul flare ends up having to be a backup uh, to, uh hooting mandrels but it's a lot worse than hooting mandrels because it costs two that you actually have to pay for it it just for me that's i think the bigger point is that i don't think your main plan is for the soul flare to go off it's just a uh, hooting mandrels mm. um but yeah the really the difference there is that a to it, it's bb4 instead of green five so if you fully delve it's four instead of it's two man instead of one mm-hmm. but the bigger part is that double black ends up being really awkward for your mana when you're trying to cat you know this is a low land deck that's trying to cast like multiple blue or green spells in the same turn so it definitely gets a little bit awkward there with just not being yeah you know, it makes the mana a lot worse i think if the mana were like perfectly the same I think it wouldn't be much different but like I, I would be more willing to consider the soul flare version mm. Yeah, it's it's sad, but I do think that the arcane proxy list is like really interesting because like you also have to look between the like the difference of lists, like the one that we're seeing. Uh, the card that get the card that gets cut is strategic planning and like stubborn denial, so you lose a lot of protection and you also lose a lot of consistency that strategic planning allows. The arcane mm. proxy is really cute though. Shout out to that card. Okay, so we talked about the the soul flare champion or sorry the neoform soul flare and then we had the neoform we just talked about as well the the alternative list that also is uh it looks like there's the top four there 
Um, any other decks we want to talk about? Do we want to talk about the the the, the Omnath deck, maybe? Or sure, I, I think oh, you can give another mention. I think I think I'll I can quickly like sum it up again. because yeah. uh, like we've seen this deck kind of before. Uh, we've we've seen it. It's just a it was a bring to light deck that like got had a bunch of like tutor targets to like try to win mm-hmm. the game for like certain matchups, and you were just like a really uh you played it, how I like to say is you just played all the good cards. You just played the mm-hmm. Omnaths, the Alish Narns, the Selfless Glyph Weaver for cute, the Sylvan Carry added that's really good. But this deck in specific, the one that top aided, plays two Atraxa, which I personally am not like the biggest fan of because I always think Atraxa, especially in these lists, is so overkill. You just don't need that card draw or that advantage to win the game a majority of the it's time. Just the flex. So, so this seven drop is gonna rot in your hand for forever, mm-hmm. and sadly, it just won't be as fun or as enjoyable because you'll have all these cool cards you're really excited to cast. You'll go into it and you'll be able to cast them ever, and it will be so sad. Yeah, and you will cry. But hmm. um, yeah, but I still think the deck is like a really interesting take. Obviously, congrats to him for doing really well. Uh, but it just I, I I can't I can't get excited about this deck this this sorry this exact list. Mm. Kevin, anything you want to say? Nope, that's good for me. All right, I think that All sums right. up that event uh, rather nicely. So we have one more paper one. Does anybody else want to? I'll take this? control. I haven't done one yet. So this uh, is the so... city class game super qualifier. Yeah, so uh, I don't. We don't see who ended up winning it. So that's so sad. We only have the Swiss standings. Uh, but in top eight, we have Monoway Humans, Rakdos Midrange, Celestia Angels. Hey, guess what? Rakdos Midrange. Hey, guess what? Rakdos Midrange. Fourth mm. and fifth. We got them both again. Uh, Boros Agro, which is a brand new one. Uh, mm-hmm. Azorius Control and Abzan Greasefang. Yes, yeah, so Boros uh, Agro is basically heroic. Yeah, it's it, it's rogue. There's not a lot of like exciting things that really happened here. However, we do see more of the the mid range domination, which is mm-hmm. so sad. We 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 mid range is so sad to play. Just hate to see it. Uh, but uh, yeah. uh, looking over the lists quickly, uh, there's not a whole lot of things that are like super interesting. I think uh, the mono white player came main deck tacked for red black, so that's why I see them doing really really well with three main deck wedding announcements. Um. And was this, by the way? there was also two main deck her- Heretic Cathar, uh, Thalia Heretic Cathars, which is also just really interesting. Hmm. Uh, I like that. Yeah, but then an Angel's deck, which we don't really see too too much uh, and mm-hmm. a whole lot because uh, it's Bad natural. It, yeah, and it's natural predator. Or sorry, the, the, sorry. The thing that it like loved to, to beat up on was um, Phoenix, and Phoenix has mm-hmm. sadly fallen off the face of the earth. Well, However, and also spirits and stuff. Yeah, yeah. and uh, this deck also has. Um, this one's this, this specific angels list is playing Elvish Mystic and Lanora Elves, which is a new take oh. on it, kind of. And it's playing the full four Kalos reconstruction and four Coco. So it's a lot more like rampant your things based, which I think is like really interesting, mm. but uh, not an interesting enough to have me talk about the deck for more than five yeah. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm I'm fine uh, leaving it at that. Kevin, anything else you want to say about this event? This, yeah, this is 150 people, I think. No, that's not bad. No, uh, nothing more to say about it. I think that uh, that, that okay. actually I covered it pretty well. All right. So moving into MTGO now, we have a couple events from this. Uh, do you want to handle the first one, Kevin? We have one that you posted from 226. This was sure, like jump the week right after the, uh, the Pro Tour. Yes, yeah, this is right after the Pro Tour. I've got a Goldfish link here. Um, so we had how many players on this one? I don't know this if it'll say exactly. The... Yeah, it doesn't say. I know we had 32. We've got a top 32 listed here. 
Uh, yeah, nope, I don't see the uh, the total people, but we had Greasefang, Greasefang, Rectos Midrange, um, Recto, Esper, Greasefang, Five Color Midrange, what is that one? Uh, Blue White Control, Abzan, Greasefang, Mono Blue Spirit. Sorry, my phone was going off there. Uh, okay, so the Five Color Midrange is another of this Omnath Bring to Light deck. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of that, nothing too surprising. Uh, Spirits in the top, in top eight, eight is kind of cool. Yeah, so yeah, a lot of Greasefang in the top eight. This is, I think, the start of Greasefang really picking back up again. What we uh, what we ended up seeing uh, through the Pro Tour is we saw. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll touch on it now because it's a little bit more of the idea, and we're starting to see it a lot more. Is the decks yeah, that did, the, story. the decks that did really well at the Pro Tour ended up kind of just like becoming meta stays because like the decks uh the, the the three decks in mind that were like going into this meta that were like really uh, uh brought forward as like really new and innovative ideas were the new grease fang builds the new bogles builds and the new mm-hmm. creativity builds and as we can see throughout the meta we can see which ones survive which ones do really well um but the grease fang grease fang was the, i think the biggest innovation from terabad i think the it, it just became so much more consistent you were able to do so much more with it uh, it, 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 the secondary game plan was so much better, and you just got... You were so consistent with Traverse. You were so consistent. When we talk about the chains, we're talking about, like, what, Scrap Mutt, and uh, also, like, the Vessel yeah. Nascency to kind of control when you want to put stuff into the graveyard instead of just having it sitting there for removal. So what we saw before was we saw a lot more of, like, Seder Wayfinder. We saw mm-hmm. Can't Stay Aways. We saw that was kind of the idea. Now mm-hmm. we only see, like, one Can't Stay Away at most in these lists, maybe two. And then when we're seeing Traverse the Ulvenwald and Scrapwork Mutts, we're seeing a lot more of, like, a Delirium-based plan. And mm. the, the thing that is really advanta- advantageous about that is you now have an access to Tutor Target for... Uh, your your grease fang you were able to find more your lands more consistently mm-hmm. um and i think the biggest one of the more uh, interesting innovations was vessel of uh the vessel card i'm not gonna try to say mm-hmm. the last word vessel of nascency. nascency nascency there we go um that card played around thoughtsies so well because you would go turn one play the card turn two mm-hmm. not cast anything and if they ever cast thoughtsies against you didn't matter uh, and then you would, on their end step, crack the vessel. Oh, I found a Grease Fang that you can't Thoughtseize because now it's in your end step and it's my yeah, turn. Yeah. That was the biggest innovation um, from Grease Fang. And we really saw it go forward here. It didn't top eight the Pro Tour, so it kind of was a little bit sneaky. But the player mm-hmm. who did do really well with it, David Inglis, is a longtime Magic Online grinder. So mm-hmm. we ended up seeing a lot more of the grinders pick it up because we like we like playing each other's decks a lot more, you know? Hmm. Um, but... Yeah, and the other thing I wanted to mention about this top eight, if I can quickly throw my words in there, is uh this yeah. this this control deck was really weird. It played two Azorius charms in the main, uh, with four temporary lockdown and two spell pierce, and it cool. still played th- a farewell and three supreme verdicts. Like this guy was so dead set on not losing to Bogles. It is so funny. Huh. So how so attacking or blocking creatures? That I guess it's not hexproof, huh? Nope. It just returns it to their hand. Now I would think there's. Oh no! You have to target. It. Sorry, you have to target it. But like that card is just really weird. Sorry, I meant more so like temporary lockdown was like the killer of Bogles. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That card oh, kills Bogles. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we talked about this in like a past podcast, like the disconnect between MTGO and paper. I mean, is Abzan Greasing just kind of easier to play online than it is, you know, in paper or whatnot? Like, why why didn't we see as many, you know, Grease Fang decks do well in paper than 
than we did, you know, online. I think it's a little, uh, it's a little bit trickier to say, but I think the biggest reason that I like to put forward, or at least my theory behind it, is uh, on online, you have rental service. So you're able to play mm-hmm. whatever you want. You never have to worry about your own personal cost. Like, I, I, me as an online grinder, if I see a deck do really well one weekend, I mm-hmm. just I can just play it. I can just pick it up easily, yeah. play a league of it, and play it. Uh, but okay. if I'm a paper player, I spend, let's just say, $500 for my Pioneer deck. And it takes a week or two to arrive, and, it, then, and then the meta's changed. And if the meta's changed uh, drastically, all you really can change is a couple cards in your sideboard unless you want to spend another $500 on cards. Yeah, right? yeah. Okay. So you, you, don't, you can't be really adaptable. So the meta in paper moves a lot more slower. Because like the, the the way you'll see it changed more draft or change more is like with new sets introduced or uh, when when you when you finally give up on your pet deck and you want to you build a new deck or whatever it may be. Um, anything else we want to say about this Pioneer Challenge? We can move on to the next one. Shout out to the Mono Blue Spirits player. Twenty five ticks yes. online. Twenty five dollars. Nice, nice. <laughs> All right, Kevin, you want to handle good to me? You know, Mono Black in the ninth place was also cool, but uh, yeah, that's about it. You want to handle the next one, Kevin? So what's our next sure, one? Sure, I'll keep um, going. March uh, So we had, I think, no, the... One. I posted the link to the 25th and the 26th. I think we just talked about the 26th. Mm. The 25th from that one was... That one also had a little bit of Grease Fang. So we had Azorius Control, Azorius Spirits, Omnath to Light, that like a five-color mid-range deck. Two Green Devotion is a Creativity, Demir Control, and mm-hmm. another Creativity. So... Um, I feel like we haven't talked much about creativity this week or, you know, this episode. Uh, how do you guys feel about the creativity deck right now? I feel like it's picked um, up a lot of play. It's definitely yeah. a lot better now. Uh, I think I think a lot of more of like the casual players have kind of like fu- like drawn eyes to it because the name like Reed Duke playing the deck or like Gabriel the yeah. A lot of people have their eyes on the deck and it's like a pretty fun deck for a lot of players. Like uh, just like talking to my friends about it and uh, some of the lesser competitive players, they love the deck. It's just fun to play. Uh, It does the thing, does it pretty consistently. They just love the deck. So uh, it's just picked up a lot more by casual players, but also by grinders. Grinders have also been innovating on it. There hasn't been like a lot of like major innovation, but like there's a Mm -hmm. lot more like like few card chase choice changes, some adaptable cards for metas. Uh, but but I think is it creativity out of the three decks that were aforementioned, that being creativity, grease fang, and bogles, uh, mm-hmm. was is like the second place one, the mid tier one, the one that kind of just like did okay. You'll see it every once in a while, and sadly bogles is the one that's dead. But I feel like it made a big impression during the pro tour, and that's mostly why we are seeing that lingering aspect of it. Yeah, it's I, Not I, the pro. Yeah, it was the pro tour. Yeah, it's slowly like dying off. You'll see over time, and sometimes you'll see it pick up, and then it'll go back down. It's one of those decks where it does really good in specific metas and does fine in a majority of metas anyway. So, was this the uh, deck that? Uh, or sorry, was this the uh, the event where uh, the said Claudio uh, Hallowed Moonlight play happened? I think it may have been. Yeah, this was the this one. Was the one. This yep. was the one. I think this may have been. I don't know because he was playing a bunch uh, of leagues afterwards, so maybe I was confusing uh-huh. with like league. But uh-huh. this is the this is the one where we saw him with uh, saw him do all the funny plays and laughed That's a whole funny. lot. Yeah. Um. But I think I was, I, I want to draw your guys' attention to something, and yeah. this is the first time that we've seen this deck top eight in all of our conversation yet. Do you know which deck it is? Blue black. 
No. Green Devotion. Green Devotion. Oh. Yeah. Something something we've seen with a lot of the meta develop current recently is the just the decline of mono green, which I think, as every paper player will say, bless, 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 bless that that cool. deck is dying off because it was so miserable to play against. It was so miserable to play. Nobody enjoyed it. So thank God it is turning off the meta. It is not being played as much anymore. So tell me the story. What what would you say would be the reason for decline in mono green? Lotus figured out how to play against it. Mm. Okay. That's really it. With like cards like Hope Tender and a lot more of these like untapping effects, uh, it made it so you could combo through Mono Green a lot quicker and a lot easier. So you just... Mono Green didn't have Lotusville as a good matchup. The Rakados matchup was never that great. It was mm. like pretty 50-50. And Mono Green just kind of bullied a lot of the other decks, kind of. But like... So there was a lot of uh, a lot of the other decks are just kind of like uh, tier two strategies and down. So it was pretty 50 50 against a lot of those. Um, it just it just doesn't have the same overbearing power that it used to. Sadly, the meta has started to adapt to it and it's dying. Is it coming back in the next set? Probably. Probably. Very sadly. Yeah. But Any, anytime you hey, get a good game card or artifact, right? But hey, you know what? Right now it's pretty dead. And this meta, it was pretty dead. So I'm a happy boy. Mm. I would maybe argue the other only thing that I've seen is that Rakdos Midrange is also on a little bit of a downswing, and Green Devotion, for the most part, still had a good matchup there. Like, I think that Rakdos did a lot to try and fight that matchup, but it still, in my opinion, seemed like it was a favored green matchup. Rakdos just has, like, the sheer number of players, which is why, even though it's on a downswing, it still, still seems to be everywhere. If I'm looking at these two, you know, I see two Green Devotion in this top 32, and mm-hmm. I don't see a single Lotus, uh, and I don't see very much Rakdos. You know, there's mm-hmm. not one in the top eight here. Yeah. So, like, it makes a little bit of sense that it's kind of a, well, you know, there's a little bit of that Rock, Paper, Scissors at the top level, and I think that as one of those gets weakened, you know, we see some things targeting those Rakdos decks very hard. That means you have less reason to go to Green Devotion for that. So it's just other ways to beat Rakdos, maybe. We can also say the argument that since we didn't see any of the Rakdos in top eight, it looks like a lot of it is like in the little, like the lower echelons. Uh, so it yeah. looks like it, like maybe this meta in this specific tournament was pretty prepared for Rakdos. However, I distinctly remember us talking about the last few tournaments and, and, uh, on this episode, and we've seen like, I think three or two on average Rakdos midrange decks still. So I mm. think if anything, Rakdos midrange has stagnated or inclined, if anything, mm. with Rak- with this is literally the first time we were talking about Monogreen. I, I, yeah. Now the only other deck I feel like we haven't yeah. talked about or seen at all was the mono white deck. I thought that deck was you know was making a showing around the time of the pro tour, and like I said, I've been a little bit away from the highest level competitive scene. And wh- where'd it go? It died. It died a tragic death. Um, it just never. It stopped having as good of a green matchup because green. Sorry, it had a really good green matchup, right? And you just kind oh, of yeah. and green just kind of disappeared because it couldn't fight the other decks. And Lotus was like an okay matchup for Mono White. You were fine, but since Mono Green's starting to go away, the Rock Paper Scissors mm-hmm. comes back, and now you're <laughs> fucking playing Path to Peril and all these other random cards, and just you, you, and then Rakdos, Ma- Rakdos Midrange just always had a good Mono White matchup. It always did, and yeah. with Rakdos's overbearing power, I think on MTG Goldfish over the last thirty days, it's around eighteen percent of the meta. Uh, Goldfish statistics are a little rough, obviously, so don't don't always, don't take that as like the hard answer, but it, mm. it is the data we have available currently. Mm. All right, I'm going to come back to this, but let's run through the next challenge, which I think is going to be the March 4th and 5th. Uh, yeah, let's go for it. Uh, I'll introduce this one. How about some, give you a little break? Sure. Yeah. 
Um, so we have, oh my god, guess what? Rakdos midrange in first place with, mm-hmm. oh my god, guess what? Rakdos midrange in second. Wow, who could have thought that? Um, then we got a Tarka Red, Azoria Spirits, Green Devotion, Is It Creativity, Ignatic Fires, and Green Devotion. Um, this one, I think we see a lot more, uh, looking at this, uh, we see Ari Zax, Azax, the classic mono green innovator. You put a lot of quotations on it because it's the same three cards changed all the time. Um, but yeah, no, he, like he, he plays that deck pretty consistently. And I think he's probably one of the better MTGO grinders that play that deck. Uh, but we see Rakdos Mid range on top first and second. And I think this, this is, is actually... this is the first time we're also talking about, uh, Ignatic Fires, my baby. Hmm. I mean, this seems kind of, kind of diverse to be honest. This, this top eight, I think. Yeah, no, this top eight was super diverse, and I, I think this is the first time. Like, I, I personally play a lot of leagues. I try to play one league a day, usually. Sometimes going all the way up to three or four. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I remember around this time we we saw a lot more of an uptick in uh, the the Gruul deck, the Satarika deck, and I think you'd be really excited about it. Um, You're talking about the um, the Tark Red it, deck. The... Yeah, what is it called? There's another name for it though. Uh, eight whack or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like eight whack. Yeah, it's not, I, whack. It's, 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 it's not whack. technically eight whack, but it's just yeah. eight whack style. Um, but yeah, no, like this deck, uh, this deck popped up again. Uh, it, it, it's just a really good, fast aggro deck that has like mm-hmm. it has the nut draws, as we used to say. Like if you remember back in the day when Mono Green used to play Burning Tree Emissary, you used to have the nut mm-hmm. draws where you'd go Burning Tree, Burning Tree, Burning Tree, Nick those for six. Nissa, yeah. and then you'd have that. But instead of that, we're doing burning tree, burning tree, burning tree, whack, and then you'd get yeah. attacked for like nine, eight, whatever I'm, it is. I'm thinking this did well just because we have the switch kind of to more of the the combo decks and the control decks, the slower decks that you know need a few turns to build up their presence. And this just kind of says no, you know, no. you're gonna take twelve damage on turn two, or or you know, sixteen damage on turn three. Like that sort of thing. Yeah, and it's a really interesting amount of like uh, a creature suite that we see here. Uh, like you used to see four Bone Crusher Giant, or you would make fun of anyone that didn't play four Bone Crusher Giant. We're only seeing two here because it's mm-hmm. just, it's 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 a really it's a really good removal spell. But you're not trying to play removal spells in this deck. You're trying to attack face. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also seeing. I think this is the first time I've ever seen Rimrock Knight in a like a playable Pioneer deck top eighting in you know, like a while. Yeah. So we're seeing a lot more of like these creature pumps and. It's just it's a really cool innovative uh take on um Gruel. Eight whack or four whack or whatever you want to call and it. It's playing one audacity. That's interesting. That's that's calculated. That has to be calculated. Yeah. Um Kevin, anything you want to say about the uh Attacker Red deck or any other red deck or any other decks from this challenge? I do like the Attacker Red deck. I haven't seen it. You know, we're kind of missing that aggro component in our... Uh, we've been seeing bits and pieces hop here. Like, we had the Mono Red Goblins. Mm-hmm. We had the Attacker Red. Uh, wh- I, I want to see aggro come back. You know, it seems like it's very much missing. We're seeing maybe one every once in a while in the top 16, top 8. Uh, not a lot of it, though. I did want to point out that, you know, we have Azoria Spirits here in 4th place, and... I saw this also in the last top eight we talked about, as well as we had Mono Blue Spirits, I think, in the top eight of the uh, event before that. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it coming back? I mean, I always thought it was, it'd be kind of good to, to bring back against like a combo, you know, you know, like a tempo thing that can kind of stop like these mid-range decks, but also kind of have some, some tools to answer combo decks as well. I mean, is this... 
part of the metagame again? I I don't think we're I don't think it really ever left. I think I yeah. think it's just if anything it gained like a few more percentage points on certain matchups with like uh mono green was a really big pr- uh deck that this uh deck preyed upon and with mono green going down mm. it Initially, had to yeah yeah, yeah it, it had to kind of adapt to the new combo and to playing different cra- that's why we're seeing a lot more azoria spirits as opposed to like bant spirits or mono blue spirits like with we, i think mm-hmm. we saw one mono blue but the azoria spirits is where we're starting to see a lot more of and that's because uh you really get you get to play a lot of uh, better cards against rakdos and that being like you get to play a playset of wedding announcement yeah, mm. wedding announcement was the killer of Grixis and in Pioneer or in, Mo- or in mm-hmm. Standard, and now it's mm-hmm. gonna be the killer of Red Black and Pyara Mod or Pioneer. I'm gonna mess that mixed up. Uh, our formats mm. mixed up, but um, yeah, no, like the uh, I think it's just really good. And I think uh, Pi- uh, Spirits has always just kind of like been a deck that's existed. I think it just got like a couple more percentage points in certain matchups, so you're seeing it a little bit more. But Another it's always question. one of those solid decks in tier two. So you guys were talking about how like mono white's kind of been hated out and you know you don't really see it showing up anymore. Where do you think those those players are going? Where where are what kind of decks do you think they're playing now? Are they playing these Atarka decks? Are they playing, you know, spirits or whatever? You know, if you're a combo if you're a, an aggro player, where are you focusing, you know, your your energies? I mean, you're probably just running with the same aggro deck. Like Spirits has a really different style. So with Mono White, you want it to more so be like a creature play to the board strategy. But with Mono Blue, you have to think a little. Or sorry, with the, with this different Spirit decks, you have to think a little bit more ahead because that deck is a lot more interact with spells on the stack versus things that's already in play. Minus like yeah. Thalia, I guess you can make the argument that Thalia interacts with things on the stack. But it's a little bit more important to interact with the cards that are already like in play. Where oh, yeah. sorry, on the stack are going to be on the stack with uh, Spirits. And I think that's where they might lean towards because that's the most creaturey based deck. Uh, maybe we've seen a couple move because it really depends on your choice as a playstyle or your uh, playstyle as a player. Maybe you just move to mono red and just start mm-hmm. turning creature sideways. But okay, uh, I think the other thing I wanted to personally talk about is I really wanted to talk about this Enchanties list because it runs two fires of invention. <sighs> Is that Which less I, or more than what it should that is, have? That is, that is the card that I said in our episode, do not touch. And this, this also is playing two Carthetic Pyre, and it's also playing a playset of Path of the World Tree. Which I think is just, there's a lot of interesting cards in this deck, and I just wanted to shout them out, is if you're looking for a really different take on um, Enchanties, uh, this list is where you look. Huh. Yeah, Carthetic Pyre, I totally forgot about that card. And there's two Charming Prints in the main, too. Two Charming Prints! This supposed to be four. This supposed to be zero. Zero. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Right, you had to find a way. You had to find a way. I'm I'm good for this event. Yeah. Do you want to move on to the next one, Kevin? Maybe you can uh, read the next one. Yeah. Let me go ahead and read the last one I've got here, which is March 26th and 25th. Mm-hmm. That was just this last weekend. Um, so last weekend we had Abs and Grease Fang, Gruel Vehicles, nice to see that back. Uh, Mono White Humans, nice to see that back. Green Devotion, nice to see that's not gone. Uh, Gruel Vehicles, Rectos Midrange, Is It Phoenix, nice to see that back. And Rectos Midrange. Um, you know, if I scan down a little further, we still got Hinkerings of Neoform, Enigmatic, Neoform, a few, you know, other fun things. We got some Lotus Field. Uh, no creativity here, but mm. this seems. You know, it's weird to be like, hey, they're back when, uh, you know, a lot of people were like, why are these decks the the most popular in the format? But uh, I think mostly I would say Grease Fang being probably the most popular in this top 32 is the biggest thing to point out. Uh, but it is nice to see a couple of those decks coming back, you know, those Groove vehicles also probably disappearing without uh, things to prey upon them. Um, 
if I look at the Sunday one, um, or do you want me to do you want to go over anything from that Saturday event? Uh, I don't. Uh, let me just quickly look because I was looking through the lists. I, I think I think the most interesting thing that we see here is like obviously the resurgence of Gruel vehicles. Um, again with the popularity of Red Black, you'd assume you'd see it a lot more, but Gruel struggles a lot with uh, the other different matchups in the format. Uh, that being a lot more of like the mm-hmm. randomer things is what I want to classify that as. Uh, that being like your uh, spirits, your um, other mm-hmm. things. But we this is the first time we are seeing uh, Phoenix, which is really interesting. Uh, Phoenix sadly is dying, and it's really but it come always back, but is reborn. It's Phoenix. It comes back every once in a while because people stop yeah. playing Graveyard Hate <laughs> and cards are, and people forget how to play against it sometimes. So yeah. <laughs> then you remember real quick yeah. as the tournament comes on. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm good to again, move on if you'd like. Really right, interesting diversity again. Um, really cool to see, you know, less combo. I'm just happy to, to see that, you know, as, as the season, uh, um, how can I say, as the season advanced? I don't know, is that the word I'm looking for? Comes to an end. Yeah, the season comes to an end. Um, yeah. Uh, I would say the Grill Vehicles, you know, one of the, the really big cards that it got uh, this season was Miglos. Which is one oh, yeah. of the cards that I was really excited about, and so I'm happy that it's seeing play and that Grill Vehicles picked it up. It's a great card. Yeah, I uh, I definitely didn't like think of it being like three mana four four with a lot of activated abilities that were pretty relevant. Like it was able to like kill enchantments and similar. I more so when I thought about it during that episode, I was like, he's gonna suggest this for Bard class, and I have to kindly shut him down. <laughs> <laughs> it's been good in that that deck too, but anyway. Oh, probably. <laughs> Uh, uh, what's the yeah. last event you wanted to talk about, Kevin? Again, well, you had uh, one, there was right? just that Sunday one as well. Oh, from yeah, twenty sixth. Okay. Um, we had a mono blue spirits. We had three gruel vehicles in the top eight, including one that's a uh, same pilot. Uh, that is Hamuda from on the gruel vehicles. We've got a mono blue spirits. We've got a green devotion, the mono white humans, and a niv to light. You know, just Claudio trolling. Yep, Claudio <laughs> having fun. <laughs> yeah, because I know how Claudio ends up playing these tournaments. Is Sunday or sorry Saturday? He plays the good deck. And Sunday he plays the fun uh, deck. So, yeah. which time did he win? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this time it was with the fun deck. Uh, but now the, I I played a couple leagues of this Niv deck. Uh, it's not back. I hate to break it to you guys. Claudio is just really good at the game and drew really well. Hate to break it to you guys. It is not back. I buy that. Uh, but Gruel Vehicle is coming back, or in like a stronger yeah, way towards the so. end. Very very nice, very nice. And Hamuda is obviously a really good player, and he um go him go him for bringing it back. Am I looking at the wrong list? Was I just looking at the? Uh... No, I think he forgot to to link exactly the one the day after, or it's okay. included in. Uh, it's included on the bottom row, actually. Sorry, if you scroll down on the on the link. Oh, uh, the Sunday Pioneer. Oh, now I see. I see. Yeah, I see. it's yeah. hiding. Okay. It's hiding down there. Got it. Got it. Got it. I meant to say forgot to link it separately. Um, but yeah, just everything looks pretty, pretty normal. I ain't gotten, or I actually, I think the the thing I can mention is the mono white players switching off of brave the elements and on to ossification mm-hmm. as a little bit more of an adaption to the meta. Uh, it's a little bit less of I'm a mono creature de- or I'm a mono colored creature deck and I can play brave the elements to make all my creatures unblockable and kill you. And it's a lot more of, oh, you play multiple colors and I have, you have a creature I have to remove ossification. Hmm. That's kind of what we're seeing right now, and it's pretty cool. Also, so this, this wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Sorry, this human's deck also has an Elish Nord in the sideboard. I just noticed this. Wait, what's happening here? <laughs> oh, really? The Sunday there. one. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> That's really funny. Weird. Yeah, yeah, go him. Go him. He's living his best life in the sideboard. Uh, but now I ain't got, a, ain't got much else to add to this. Go Claudio for having fun on this weekend. Is this wrap up how... I mean, our uh, our discussion on the deck list. Then, do you guys mind I got, if I ask you a couple meta I got, questions? Now? I got or one more event. Out? I got to talk yeah. about uh, this one's a little bit more of a unique event. Uh, it's the showcase qualifier. So, with this event, uh, it was only thirty six people, I believe, or thirty four. Uh, but all thirty four people either had to top eight a two hundred person event to qualify for this, mm-hmm. or five zero a last chance. So, the the quality of players here is high. Uh, mm. But the meta is really small, so this is you'll you'll see a lot more weirder sideboard choices because what happens in these events is you'll have a list of everyone that's qualified, and you're gonna attempt to go through their MTGO results and predict oh. what they're gonna play. So you're trying to like meta game a lot more for the players in the tournament. So you'll see a lot more weirder lists, and I think that's where a lot of the cool innovations end up coming out. Because I think in top eight of this, what we do see uh, the winner ended up being Abzan Greasefang. Uh, but we saw a lot of Yorion control, Yorion blue-white control, which is not something we often saw in all of our lists that we were talking about. There were just like 60-card blue-white. Mm-hmm. And now there's a bunch of these, uh, that like they were playing Narsets, some Dwari disruptions, the full four Shark Typhoons, some Omen the Seas, uh, and then March of the Otherworldly Light. Like a lot of different card choices that you would normally see. Like you usually see Laydown Arms and 60-card deck and... You see, it's just, it's entirely different, and it's really just interesting to look at. Mm. Uh, I think there's three copies of it in the top eight. One, two, I think it's two. Oh, sorry, it's three. It's three, it's cool. three, but there's some differentiations. One person's playing some Leyline Bindings, but... Uh, yeah, but we ended up seeing uh, two copies of the Neoform deck in here as well. Uh, the Esper, Abzan the Abzan Greasefang ended up winning it with, uh, and there's two copies in uh, top eight. And then mm-hmm. one, uh, one mono green player, you know, fighting his mm-hmm. best. Uh, but okay. yeah, it was a really interesting topic. But uh, I'm ready to be asked any sort of questions if you guys are ready. About the event, or just can I can I ask you guys about the metagame? Metagame. Is that is that okay, Kevin? We can move on to the metagame questions. Oh, totally. Yeah. So, like we said at the beginning of this show, we are wrapping up the the season for uh, MTG One, and uh, I wanted to ask you guys what did you know after looking through all these decks, also you know with the um, what was it? The uh, the Pro Tour and stuff like that. What did one bring to Pioneer this season? Like, what would you say is, like, one thing we can take away from one? Go for it, Kevin, because I'll probably steal your idea. Uh, play mid-range cards on no Shuldred. <laughs> yeah, not a lot has overly changed, but we've seen a shift. We've lot of, seen a lot of shifts in the meta towards what's been good. Um, I think that with the meta, we, we kind of haven't seen, like, a... A Phyrexian card kind of just like break the format, you know? It was a lot more of it made a lot more decks consistent with fast lands. Like we saw a lot more Zorius mm-hmm. Spirits because the mana got better for that deck. Uh, we saw a lot more Gruel because the mana got better for that deck. Uh, and then Rakdos Midrange just always being good. Uh, they didn't get a whole lot of new cards from Phyrexia, but it just ended up being a really good deck. And we saw like Monogreen Shift and we saw. Um, uh, I think I think the biggest breakout deck of this this entire Phyrexia was the Neoform deck. That's mm-hmm. that's the new big baddie. This is a Troxa, the card that I thought was going to be some meme worthy thing you put in Ignetic Fires because you just want to attack with a flying creature. Uh, 
you, it is just a really good uh, new, uh, I'm going to put this in quotations, new Gristlebrand type card mm-hmm. where you would just like overpower the game with this really powerful legendary. And that's, that's just really what one brought to the format is it brought an entire new deck that now people get to play with. And I've seen so many people play and have a lot of fun with it. I think, I mean, I would say that one just brought some more, was it not battleship magic, but just like, you know, like these really big hits. You know, I, like, I think like that's a, like, kind of where I was thinking, you know, along with what you were both saying, is that it feels like synergy is down and card power level yeah, individually is up. Like a track um, Maybe that's a big portion of, you know, just black red being very good at taking out synergy decks because, you know, you thought sees their important card, you kill their one creature. It's hard to do things that all work well together. So instead of synergy decks, it's kind of just like, hey, I'm going to play the more powerful individual cards. We're seeing more Atraxa. We're seeing more Shieldred. We're seeing more combo decks that are able to just, you know, combo off and win that way rather than having like oh i have my you know my soren and my vampire together mm-hmm. and that's going to give me value over time uh, i feel like we just have a lot less of that you know phoenix kind of feels like it dropped off for a similar reason mm-hmm. um so a lot of kind of what we've been talking about that's kind of the picture i'm hitting my head so, it's like hmm, individual card level versus not trying to make synergy yeah i mean i, I totally agree with that i mean i could see that would also be a reason why maybe mono green devotion didn't do as well this season's because that's all about synergy and you know we've learned to disrupt synergy um as like a, a format as a whole and and also like you said like with look at look at the abs and grease thing deck that deck used to be all about synergy just dump your stuff in your graveyard and you know get your stuff back as is quickly as possible you know play a four of everything so you have consistency and now like you said we have like the vessel of nascency and and stuff like that in there to kind of control when you want to go it off we have a lot more there's a lot more decision making uh, being made i think in this season than in previous ones i totally agree with that um so i guess next question you know again we're just i just want to ask you about the change of the format from the start of the season to now, where were we at the start of one and where are we now? So I guess you said, you know, now we're kind of like, you know, we have the Neo form. Are, are we in a combo format now? Was, were we at a combo format at the beginning? What, what would you guys say? How did, how did the format change from the start to the end? I think the, the picture I want to paint is going off of the pro tour. Like I said, we had these three decks that were really good. Bogles, creativity, there was a, and, uh, uh, Greasefang, these were like the hot decks. Everyone was really excited to like start brewing with it. And then as we saw with time go on, some did really well, some stagnated, and some died instantly. And I think Pioneer just became really um I don't know. It just it, it just became back to what it always was and mm. with some slight meta shifts and mm-hmm. really unexciting. Okay. Kevin, anything you want to say about the format from the start to the end of one? Like that how it changed? No, but I think I gave my uh, general impression. Yeah. Like I said, I think, you know, we started off, like we said, we had like the consistent decks. I think, well, I mean, I would say, you know, we had more Rakdos and and Mono Green and stuff like that, and Mono White. I feel like all that stuff, the Pro Tour really, how can I say, flipped it on its head, uh, the formats. I think it showed us, you know, that there was more options available to us. And, 
those decks were always kind of in the periphery, if that's the word I'm looking for. You know, yep. they were they weren't really like front and center, like for everyone to focus on. And then, like Pro Tour said, "Hey, you guys can play this too." And I'm like, oh, well, okay, well, I'll, I'll try that out. You know, like the as creativity decks and and whatnot. Yeah. So, I, go for it. I, I was gonna say I think that this season forced pioneer players to become better. That's like the big change, I would think, that like more decision-making, better card selection, etc. I think it becomes a lot more of like, uh, that. that's a causality or like, well, an after effect of what like, kind of just happened because mm-hmm. Pioneer was a format that was just kind of like announced and nothing, mm-hmm. and then we went straight into COVID. So nothing was really done with it. And this is when MTG mm-hmm. Arena was really popular. So like Standard was really popular and uh, Watsi was pushing standard, 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 standard as the premier uh, competitive format. And mm-hmm. modern was the format, at least locally for me and locally for a lot of other players. That was just the format that you just everyone played. And Pioneer was just kind of this awkward middle ground. But now we got a lot more attention towards Pioneer mm-hmm. coming as like one of the mainstay competitive formats. And I think that's when a lot of players realized or a lot of the good players uh, realized that Pioneer is underexplored. Pioneer is mm. heavily underexplored. And mm-hmm. that's why we saw a lot of these creativities and grease fangs and like just the good versions of decks come up because now the really, really good innovators, smart pros had time to sit down and actually brew in the format. And that's, and then the rest of us casual players just kind of, and grinders just kind of took those decks and went off running. Mm-hmm. And now, now the meta's adapted and now play, now the competitive, now the, the pioneer mainstays are seeing all these competitive grinders in their format. And now they're going to have to adapt and have to, you know, get really smart with the format. And I, I do want to say it's it's so cool to see so many different cards being played in Pioneer. Even though I am sick of seeing, you know, all these mono green decks or these, you know, combo decks, you know, like great creativity and stuff like that. You know, there's just so many different cards. You know, not every there's I don't know, when I hear about modern and I hear about okay, you have to play this card or you're gonna lose and then everyone's trying to get the Regavans and whatever. And then, you know, like in pioneers like hey you you go this way you go this way there's so many different choices there's a lot of good decks you can choose and it just makes me really happy to see such not not only diverse um deck lists but just like card choices you know you can play all these different cards um kevin sorry i kind of yelled over you i guess no that's good i was ready to wrap us up if that's where you're at yeah i'm I'm good was there anything else you wanted to say uh no i don't think uh I think we're good. good. I think if we're ready to wrap up, I'm ready to end her. Sound good? Yeah, I think so. All right, so that's going to bring us to the end of our show here. Thank you guys for listening. We are the First Pioneers Podcast. If you want to hear more of us rambling about all kinds of things, talking about other magic decks, liking and sharing all kinds of magic content, go ahead and follow us at MTG Pioneer and find a link there to our Discord where you can also get even more contact with us because we are just so much fun. (laughs) Um other than that, yeah, what about you guys? Um, you guys can find me on Twitter at uh, YoJapanHobbyist for as long as Twitter remains usable. But you can find me on Discord for sure. I'm always on Discord. Um, I'm very accessible on there, especially if you're um, on late at night or if you are in Europe or Asia. I'm always on uh, at those times. So definitely find me on Discord. And uh, Ashiak, how about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at DreamSebastiak. Uh, I'm going to be spending the next lot of time brewing and coming up with a lot more fun um, fun decks for the for the format. Uh, I'm working on a couple babies right now. Can't spoil too, too much because, mm-hmm. well, I guess I'm going to have to wait till next week to start talking about spoilers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, Kevin, you want to take us out? 
that's going to bring us to the end. Thank you guys again for listening. We love our listeners because that's what we do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we are the first Pioneers podcast. We look forward to being your go-to source for Pioneer information online. And we are pro touring out. Metagaming. Incubating out. Metagaming out. That seems good because the pro tour is over. <laughs>